two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. Coming up on this Tuesday edition, congratulations are in order. Georgia gets it done. They are national champions for the first time since 1980. How did they do it? We will break it all down. We're also going to take a look at the Black Monday firings from around the NFL. A surprise out of Miami or was it? We've got some intimate knowledge of the situation. We've also got a fan base that is very appreciative for one player on a rival team. You've got some other confusing things happening in the NFC when it comes to the coaching and GM searches for a couple of franchises. We've got some wrong merchandise being handed out in the national championship game. And we've got the news with Brady Quinn. All of it is yours coming up next here on this Tuesday edition. Two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, rock, man. Two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio. LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can hang out with us, as always, on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever the hell you are, making us a part of your Tuesday morning. We appreciate you doing so. We're going to take you all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific here on FSR. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a brand new national champion. We want them dogs. The Georgia Bulldogs get it done 40-plus years in the making Stetson Bennett and company uh, a guy named after a cologne from back in the day yeah. uh, is a national <laughs> champion the still there. It's how still about that man uh, that was impressive last night I, I gotta give credit where credit is due they looked damn good last night that was fun fun game look good they, they look did good look good game. they did look good mm-hmm. we do have to acknowledge that it, it's it felt like Alabama was playing with their hand, one hand time behind their back. Yeah. I mean, I, I, look, that game completely shifted at two parts. The Jamison Williams injury, which came on – how long was that play? A 40-yard completion, something yeah. like that? Yeah, And anyway, it, it looked bad. That looked like an ACL. I'm not a doctor. It did. It looked bad. Um, feel feel for that young man, although, again, fortunately, it's 2022. He'll still be a great player. Um, and then the block field goal. Like, those were the two momentum-shifting changes in the game that opened things up there in the fourth quarter. But give credit where credit's due. Kirby Smart and his coaching staff and players were able to execute the game plan. They tried the first time around. The difference was the turnovers. And surprisingly, it was Bryce Young with the two turnovers that really separated the game. The, the one interception, which I, I guess didn't hurt them that bad at that point, but the pick six, and again, the injury to Jameson Williams with John Mechie already being out completely handicapped this offense and its ability to move the football effectively. Yeah, it was rough. And you uh, know what? Yeah, go ahead. No. Well, I was just, I was just want to say, Georgia moved the pocket in this game, and I thought that that was a smart, a smart play by by their staff. I think that when you look at the way Alabama plays, they play a pro-style type of football on offensive side and the defensive side of the ball. They have so much speed and so much talent that if you just sit in the pocket and you just stay in the box, it's very difficult to have success against them. And the fact that they were rolling out, you know, it's like, okay – there's two things that can happen. One, he rolls out, and if it's not there, you throw it away or you get out of bounds. Or two, 
you roll out, somebody's open, you get you get the yardage. If it, if there's something deep, you take it. If it's not, then you see that there's something underneath, and you go you go with what you have. I thought that they did an excellent job of taking what what Alabama was giving them, and I don't know that I saw that in the first game, the first time around. So, I mean, it looked like a pro game to me. It, it yeah, looked like it we got a a uh, <laughs> right a prelim game to the the, the playoffs well, that are going to take place this weekend. All those guys are going to be playing in the NFL at seven. Like that. I mean, you look the you look at the Georgia right. defense to your point the way they're flying around, and I was just like. Yeah, all these guys will be playing in the NFL at some point. It's just, it's just a matter of when Jeez. and when they get drafted. But, you know, one of the things I thought um, Kirby Smart did a much better job of this time around against Bryce Young in particular was when they played the initial time, and, and LeVar, you can always speak to this, but, like, it's when a defense wants to bring pressure, but it's the illusion of pressure, meaning they're going to bring mm-hmm. a guy off of the edge or maybe both edges, and you're, like, saying, oh, okay, they're bringing five, six guys but then two guys drop out from the interior. And mm-hmm. I, I think there was a thought in the first game, we want to bring pressure and change up the looks for Bryce Young, but we also want to make sure we drop guys out so we can spy him in case he finds a rush lane and tries to extend the play or take off and run. In this game, mm-hmm. it was like, no, 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 no. If we're bringing five, we're bringing we're five. Coming. And we're, we're yeah, going to try to get him, and we're not going to let him get outside. We're, we're bringing six, we're bringing six. And, and that was one of the differences, too, I think, is it forced more one-on-ones. It kind of exposed some of those weaknesses in their offensive line that displayed themselves earlier this season. And then without having that threat of a big play to Jameson Williams, a big play to John Mechie, I mean, and don't get me wrong, Bryce Young did not play his best game. He picked the worst time to have his worst performance (laughs) of the season. And it just so Mm -hmm. happened to be in the national championship where he was playing again with guys that were freshmen trying to step up into those roles. And and there were some drops on their part. Ja'Cory Brooks had two plays I thought could have changed the momentum of the game. The one where I'm not sure why he only put out one hand. He could have gotten two out there. But even on defense, I mean, Alabama was missing Josh Job, who was there the first time. And you look at the big plays to, to George Pickens, number one, well, he was going up against a freshman in Kool-Aid McKinstry. So, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, was, it was a great win by Georgia, no doubt about it. But this I almost wonder, and Jonas, do you think this might be a bad thing for college football? Because now you've got a, a, a ticked-off Nick Saban. And Bryce Young, the defending Heisman Trophy winner, coming back for another year next year. Yeah, have fun with that. Giving them more, some, uh, just motivation they probably don't need and, and add a little bit onto it. And look, good for Georgia. We talked about this during, I forget, one of the games this year we were texting a little bit about it, how Alabama's defense hasn't looked the same since Kirby Smart left. And I wonder if Nick Saban is looking at at that last night and Albert Breer said it when he was on with us a couple weeks ago where he said he talked to people around the NFL and they said Georgia may not have a top 10 pick on defense but every one of their front seven is going to go on the first hundred picks which is a crazy thing to think about and you saw him last night playing and I just wonder if Nick Saban looks at what he saw last night and goes all right we got to start figuring out how to get more of those guys on that side of the ball 
uh, because I don't know, dude. Their their defense is not. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. They gave up what twenty six points. Yeah, no. I just I looked at it last night and I go, it just felt different. It felt like Bryce Young looked slow at times. Like like he couldn't escape some of those guys when they were when they were making plays on the edge. They just were flying around the football. And then obviously you know the injuries at wide receiver and Mechie coming into the game and then Jamison Williams going down. Um, Saban actually talked afterwards. Uh, they asked him about the situation with Jamison Williams. To your point, it did look bad. I actually thought he dislocated it because of the way his knee flopped around after he landed. Uh, and this well, was Nick. You could Sa- see it pop. Yeah, it popped. Yeah, it clearly. Yeah. And here was uh, Saban yeah. afterwards. He has a knee injury. Um, we won't know the extent of the knee injury until we get an MRI. Uh, he actually wanted to play in the second half, uh, and the medical staff, you know, wouldn't let him, uh, which I think was smart. So there was uh, Nick Saban talking about the uh, injury. That's very detailed. I mean, what's that sound? Uh, well, we, yeah. We know, I got to be honest with you. I thought I thought there was more there to be told. Yeah, clear. Yeah, that's no. all right. I mean, yeah, we're being. Uh, you know, he's got a knee. Yeah. He's got a knee, he's and, uh, and uh, we'll know more after we run tests. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, thanks, just, coach. Oh, yeah. Thought it was. Uh, thought it was. Uh, thought there was more there. So oh, I'm my six year old. That was a good toss, though. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, my fault. No one tosses like you, buddy. That is good. Thank you. I appreciate it. We're off and running. Off and running here. Uh, thank you. Uh, oh, maybe they could uh, update the cut sheet uh, hey, at some Jonas. point. Hey, yeah, hey Jonas, uh, it yeah. was, it's fine, man. Hey, hey, listen, that's what the man gave us. You know what I mean? Yep. That's yeah, what yep. he gave us. So and you, and all we did was give the people what he gave the media. That's yeah. all. You well, know? That's, uh, that's good. I, but I mean, but you know what? Reality. It was a profound comment. Yeah, yeah. very good. Um, for Darian Mathis, he's a he's a D tackle DN. Like he'll go. I mean, dude, all the almost all these guys on Alabama are going to go too. Christian Harris, Will Anderson, who by the way is back next season. Like you get not only Bryce Young back, you get a guy who led the country in sacks and tackles for loss, and it wasn't even close. And Will Anderson coming back. Like they're not draft eligible folks. They're coming back. I talked about wow. Kool Aid. He's a freshman. Uh, you look at Dallas Turner, who had a couple sacks last night. He was that big number 15, who's longest can be off of the edge. Uh, Ja'Cory Brooks, who's a freshman. Uh, Aggie Hall, I believe is how you pronounce it. I mean, he, he stepped up in a couple instances. Like, the scary thing about this is, just to the point of Alabama, they've had eight of the last ten recruiting classes have been the number one recruiting class. And they've never been worse than four in, that, in the past decade. They're not going anywhere. Like, this isn't like, oh, they lost the national championship, what now? Like, they are reloaded and stocked, and they'll be on a mission. So, I, I just, I, again, I can't go back to, uh, you've got now a ticked off Alabama team where everyone from Georgia's defense is moving on to the NFL, probably. And, and yeah, they've recruited well and they can develop well, but you've got Alabama now. I, I still sit there and look at it and go, who's going to beat them? Like, they'll be the favorite right. to win the SEC again next season and, and make it to the playoff and probably win a national championship. Yeah, they look damn good. Uh, even in a loss, uh, Alabama looked good. Obviously taking care of business in the SEC championship game. game. That, everybody I, got their money's worth. I was desperately hoping for an all-field goal game like we saw. What was it, 2007? Was it LSU-Bama was the all-field goal game in the national championship game? I was desperately hoping for some of that, just so people could complain more about two SEC teams playing in the title game. That's, that's all I wanted. I just wanted to piss some people off. I wanted people to be bothered by what they were watching. Then all of a sudden, you know, it started to heat up in the second half uh, and and everyone getting uh, fired up. Now, Stetson Bennett, Brady, you uh, actually, I believe, brought a uh, bottle of Stetson Cologne onto the set at Big Noon Kickoff back in the day. Is that true? Earlier this season uh, to celebrate the uh, the Georgia quarterback? 
Is that the uh, is that the case? Do we have Brady Quinn there? Is Brady Quinn? Uh, is he still yeah. there? Oh, yeah, okay. There. Oh, okay, I'm there he is. I thought we lost yeah. you for a second there. No, no, he just uh, didn't want to respond to oh, you. That's good. All. That's no, no, good. He, he's, no, he's right. I, I brought a bottle of Stetson Cologne. I thought it was a good prop to because uh, you know it, it was something was starting to heat up, and sometimes when things mm. heat up, you, you get this scent, you get this smell, mm. and that smell was Stetson Bennett and the Georgia, Georgia Bulldogs heating up this season. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so Stetson yeah. Bennett uh, is uh, is a national champion. His story is pretty incredible as well. Too uh, grew up a Georgia Bulldog fan. He told his dad, "What at three years old, I want to I'm going to play quarterback for Georgia." And then uh, all these years later, uh, here he is, a uh, national champion. First time since 1980, Georgia has won a title. So congratulations wow. to Kirby Smart and company. Congrats. The Georgia Bulldogs are you know national champions. You know what this means too? It's been 40 years. There's a lot of other schools. I mean, Notre Dame hasn't been that long, but like people will say that about Notre Dame. It's like you never heard that about Georgia. Yeah. That's what I don't get is like everyone's made the biggest deal about like Notre Dame getting the playoff hasn't worked out. It's like how many other schools could you throw into that mix that haven't won a national championship in umpteen years? And yet Georgia wins their first one at 40, and it's like, oh, yeah, there you go. I mean, we knew it eventually would happen, right? I mean, <laughs> it, was like, it, it never makes sense to me, like, the hypocrisy of how we, like, celebrate Georgia winning it 40 years ago, the last time, now this time. And yet we don't do that for other Blue Bloods. We just go, oh, well, yeah, they just they can't get over the hump. It's going to happen eventually. Like, this is a good thing for college football that eventually all these Blue Bloods are going to have their shot to build, to be able to, you know, win a national championship. We'll find more parity in college football. Uh, more likely to be back in the title game next year, Alabama or Georgia? Alabama. Ooh, that's a, yeah. I don't know if it's not. I mean, Georgia, had that. their recruiting classes have been amazing. Their talent is amazing. They have been bubbling up to be – Almost as good as Alabama for quite some time now. You want me to so give you a I, list of I, guys I, they lose? They're going to they lose, lose a few. their entire left side of their offensive line. Ah, J- Jamari Sawyer is pretty good, as well as uh, Justin Schaefer, who played well. Um, they they reload, but they've been Bennett. reloading. They will lose JT Daniels, Zamir White, yeah. James Cook, both draft eligible, both starting running backs. Their entire defense yeah. up front will be gone. Um, yeah, and that's, that's a back. big one. Their linebackers all one. gone. Their entire secondary all gone. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, what were you saying? Well, George after, Pickens, their after that, number one yeah. wide receiver, he's gone. <laughs> so, so, so basically, Brock Bowers is coming back, though, folks. Get yeah. excited. If you, if you want to see tight end play, Brock Bowers will so, be back. So basically, South Carolina, you're up. Uh, and now we, uh, we're off and running. Oh, no. Uh, They're going to reload. They're going to reload. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, it was uh, fun, but uh, enjoy it while you can. Stetson Bennett's gonna, probably going to have a statue put up uh, in Athens somewhere. Uh, he's going to be celebrated I mean, for years and years. You've got even guys like uh, Robert Beal, who's like a backup, who comes in and plays. Like, he gone. Channing Tindall, mm-hmm. he gone. Like, I mean, Tindall, who obviously starts but with Quay Walker. But, I mean, the, the whole thing, they're, they're all gone, man. They're all gone. Yeah. It's, he uh, gone. Yeah, he, he definitely gone. <laughs> all right. It's two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio brought to you by Discover. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Coming up next, uh, we've got some news around the NFL. This one, a little bit surprising, but we've got inside information as to what went down for one coach firing. We'll get into all that for you next year on F. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Throw them bows.
Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Uh, You can listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app. Coming up uh, later on this hour, we are going to have a uh, discussion about, um, you know, a very thankful fan base. There's a team in the NFL and their fans that really, really appreciate something that happened on uh, Sunday. And they showed it uh, by uh, by throwing a little coin around. So we'll get into that for you here later this hour on FSR. Uh, Must also mention before we get into this discussion about – you know, why one team did what they did yesterday in the NFL. Uh, you know, congratulations uh, to uh, LeVar Arrington, uh, College Football Hall of Famer. Oh, big announcement yeah, did not yesterday. know that. Yeah, I, did thought, not. We already, I thought yeah. we already spilled. I thought we spilled the milk on it. it, it, it it's just, we, we, it's, we said it already. It's just funny, all, all these people that are like, uh, you know, think that they uh, had the news first or like, you know, congratulate. Oh, I'm going to be one of the first. Hey, bruh. You're a week late, homeboy. All right, yeah. we, we had that on this yeah. show a week ago. All right, so wake your ass up early and start paying attention <laughs> when we drop these bombs. You know what I mean? Right. Damn right. It, it is funny how people do think they be scooping, you know, <laughs> but hey, it is what it is. Uh, you it, know, we, we already we already made the announcement. If by <clears throat> air quotes, it was by accidentally, uh, well, accidentally some people call released that a on premature. Yeah. yeah, it was premature. Hey, 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 Brady, it was it was prematurely released on our show. Yes, um, by by accident on our show. Well, um, but is it ever you know, not on accident? Um, when when it's wrong, when it's considered to be incorrect, it's always by accident. Okay, okay. if you did it on purpose and it was right, then you did it on purpose and it was. Yeah, right. that's true. So that's a good point. I'm sticking to that. I will always stick to that. If I mess up, I, it was it was by accident. It, it was, a, you know, it was a mistake. Now, how's I it, didn't do it on purpose. How's it feel? I mean, how's it feel though? Has it set in yet? Man, I, I got to be honest, man. It um. I feel amazing. I would have gotten. I feel like a different person. If that was me, I would have gotten ripped last night. I would have been beer bonging Jack Daniels and just been celebrating Mm -hmm. the night away. That's me, though. Listen, you know, I enjoy it myself. Why not? Yeah, why not? Beer bong Jack Daniels. Why not? Get after it. I, did. I, went with, I went with some cracking. I went I went with a little cracking. You know, I had a little bit of an interesting experience yesterday. Got a call. I was riding around driving high. I mean, not like literally, but like flying high, like, you know, feeling good. Sorry, about Nitsa. Them. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> not that. Like figuratively speaking, yeah, I was I was driving high. Um, and, yeah, right. <laughs> Berto, you are in, <laughs> you're out of control. So anyway, Put out the so weed, Pac-Man. <laughs> what about? <laughs> so I, I was going to uh, to get lunch with with my my son. My oldest son is in town from Lackawanna, from PA, um, and with his girlfriend. So we're going to get uh, lunch at my like little cool little barbecue spot on on main drag of of glendora and i get a call from trish and and basically is like you know i got a flat so it totally disrupted my my rat and high feeling good <laughs> feeling fine so then i have to rush out to to figure out how to handle this flat tire situation so things got a little interesting yesterday but you know what after the fact i felt like more of a hero you know, I could have sat there and been like, you know, I'm a newly, newly anointed Hall of Famer, college Hall of Famer. I feel really good. I'm just going to hang out here. Um, just call the, the tow company. You know, we got it all covered. It's taken care of. They took care of it anyway. But, 
you know what? I jumped in my ride and I went to to her like the hero, the superhero yeah. Hall of Fame husband that I am. That's what I'm um, about. And and I felt really good about it. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Right I'm there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I felt I'm really glad good we're about able to it. Tell guys. the story on air. Yeah. I'm not sure what it was accomplishing, but it, it, that's good. Well, I mean, I, I do. Well, I mean, I would have just called AAA. <laughs> Listen, I'm a yeah, Hall of Famer. Yeah. I'm sorry. You can uh, you know kick rocks. Call AAA and let them figure she, it out. She actually listens to the show, so that's brownie <laughs> points for one. For two. I, I seem like more of a gentleman to to our uh, listeners that look for gentlemen to be gentlemen. I, mean, I, so I, I just figure. I think you've always been a gentleman. I mean, well, you know. yeah, we, you know, we are. I just figure we give like you know, I give a testimonial as to you know, we're not those, we're not stuck up guys that yeah. just do radio and don't care about what's going on in the world with people who have situations, especially family members. So I figured I would give a little bit of a humanistic value to our show just now. Well, yeah. listen. Uh, anyway, I didn't get I didn't get drunk last night because it, when we got by the time we got back, the game was about to come on. She she started cooking. Well, she had already cooked because she got a ride home from a different car, um, and and so you know I just I just watched the game. You know I watched the game as a college football Hall of Famer, and it was like, man, I'm watching the intro to this game, and they're showing all of these amazing players and all of this like stuff that gets your hair standing up on your neck. And I was like, man, I am now voted and now considered forever to be the best of the best of every single time I watch uh, – a championship game. Every time I see them talk about an elite player, a, a generational talent, I can always look at it now and be like, I got the recognition for being one of those guys and being recognized for it forever. I like, mean, it's just pretty cool, man. I couldn't have said it more humbly myself, to be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I mean, that's what it is. I, I've just never been good at anything, so I can't well, even I imagine think, what it's well, like to be the best. No, no. I told pretty you good this at radio, the other day. Man. I mean, this, this, is, this has worked out for you. Yeah, I mean, I told <laughs> you the other day. This show, well, I don't know about Berto going in with us, but <laughs> oh, this show is going to go into the Hall of Fame. You watch what I tell you. Well, listen now. Yeah. We oh, jeez. Ew. We can, we can, Ew. Okay, you guys finally heard that one. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, you are a classic. We're going to go into the Radio Hall of Fame. <laughs> no. You watch what I tell you. We're, we're, we are going to work hard, and we are going to do it for many years, and we're going to provide the dopest content. You know, Brady is, is the Q brother is just like the, the sharpest dude ever. You know, you are You're like the dopest host ever. And I don't want to be held to that standard. And I'm the wild card, you know. I bring the wild card. I got news for you. Wild uh, card factor. If uh, what Roberto said in our ears gets on the air, we're not going anywhere. Well, that's very true. That's very true. It was very uh, abrasive. It was very offensive. It usually you know? is. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So it's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, the Hall of Famer, LeVar Arrington, Brady yeah. Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Coming up 15 minutes from now, uh, somebody was really appreciative uh, over something that happened on Sunday in the NFL, and they have shown it by offering up some cash. So we will get to that here uh, in about 15 minutes from now in another edition of In Case You Missed It. Uh, in case you missed this, uh, the Miami Dolphins made uh, a little bit of uh, some waves uh, in the NFL and around the uh, sports world yesterday uh, with the firing of head coach Brian Flores uh, after three seasons, uh, one game under 500, no playoff appearances. The Dolphins go in another direction. Uh, and they fire their head coach. Uh, Dolphins owner Stephen Ross spoke about the decision at a news conference yesterday. I've been looking at this over three years now and watching the organization grow. And I think an organization can only function if it's collaborative and it has and it works well together. 
I don't think that we were really working well as an organization that it would take to really win consistently at the NFL level. So um, there's the story from the Dolphins owner, uh, Brady Quinn. You are in South Florida. What's the uh, scuttlebug, if that's what it's even called, uh, in uh, South Florida with the firing of Brian Flores? You want me to really give you the local taste and response to what, you know, Stephen Ross said publicly? Yeah, give it to me. Okay. It's going to be a little spicy. Um, But they would respond and they'd say something along the lines of, how would you know, Stephen? You're an absentee (laughs) owner. You're not down here. I mean, that's the reality is he lives up in New York. He comes down infrequently. And for the most part, he owns the team from afar and handles things that way. He's not seeing the day-to-day operations. He, he really can't get a sense of what's collaborative and what's not. What you heard in those words and his justification for the firing of Brian Flores is what he's hearing secondhand. And that's been the problem with this organization is you can go through the years of their lack of success since he's taken over as the owner and he's constantly been listening to different people who are jockeying for his ear. I mean, you've heard phrases like too many cooks in the kitchen, right? And that applies here because you've got a structure where you've got different people in positions of leadership that are on the same level from a hierarchy standpoint that are all trying to jockey for power and who has the ear of the owner. And that's been part of the problem. And so in this case, you've got people in the front office, which, you know, say what you want about Chris Greer. I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who point to Tua in comparison to Justin Herbert, and they say, well, he made that decision, and look at Justin Herbert, and look at Tua. And, and there's no getting around that. Clearly, These last two years, Justin Herbert's looked like the better prospect and player, and they're entirely different skill sets. But the truth is, if you really comb through some of the picks he's made, he also brought in a guy like Jalen Waddell, who set the receptions record for this season. You know, he's also brought in other players who have helped supplement this roster that have been good additions, that have worked out over his tenure in Miami. So as much as he wants to be viewed for Tua Tungvaluwa, or Austin Jackson, who hasn't been necessarily a great pick on the offensive line, which, you know, was probably a reach. He needed some development anyway when he was coming into play. The truth is there are some guys he's found in later rounds. Javon Holland's been an absolute stud. Brandon Jones from Texas has worked out well. You know, he's brought in some other complimentary pieces that have worked. You know, Eichenberg, you know, Dieter, some of these other players on the offensive line, they're young, they're getting better, but there is some building blocks there. Christian Wilkins. And you go on down the line. There are examples, but the reality is there is division. And that's the hard part. And so there's some truth to what he's saying where the word coming out, at least from everyone down here at the Miami Dolphins organization, is it was about relationships and the lack thereof. And they didn't feel like Brian Flores was creating the type of rapport and relationships with the people within the front office and, and the players on the team for this thing moving forward. And Jonas, you and I have worked together for a long time now. And I said this going back to last year or to his rookie year with the way Brian Flores handled Tua Tungavailoa. Yep. And I said to you then, this ultimately, the way he handled him, jerking him in and back and forth and all that, will ultimately be part of his demise. And I truly believe the way he handled the quarterback spot has hindered the growth of Tua to a degree who until that winning eight of their last nine-game stretch 
where Tua started in eight of those games, seven of eight, they've, they've won. He played really well, with the exception of that you know, Tennessee game they lost. You know, that hindered his growth. That hindered seeing what this team could kind of be to a degree. And I, I do think it led to where we're at now. But that doesn't make it right. I mean, this guy won 19 games over the past couple of seasons. It's tough to do in that division, and it's tough to do when you're a young team like they are still building. When, when emotions and personal agendas get involved, it, it seems like it's difficult to see what the progress of something is, what the good of something is. There were some really good things taking place in Miami, and I think a lot of people would attest to that. I just think that the way this comes across and the way it, it has played out totally falls in the vein of Flores rubbed somebody wrong, maybe somebody's plural. And, and I, I, you know, I went through this in Washington. Um, Flores has one of those, those very, very strong alpha dominant uh, personalities. Uh, rest his soul. Um, Coach, Cot- Coach Sottenheimer came into um, Washington and he inherited a mess, just like what Flores did when he went into Miami. And you know what? Flores got a little bit of time. I know, Will, you know, all the things that, that you mentioned in terms of with Tua, the quarterback situation, how it may have been handled. Uh, but it, it ultimately was an organization that needed a cultural shift. They they needed to, to have people that believed that they could win. So funny, like thinking of, to what Urban Meyer saying, you know, you're, you're losers. Like, stop being losers. Like, change your mindset. Like, you're here for a reason. We're here for a reason, and, and it's not to lose. And you start thinking about, like, you know, when I was there and, and Marty was changing things, like, you know, teaching things differently, coaching hard. And, and you know, vets didn't like it. Yeah, I can remember, and, and I hate to call out, you know, guys like D. Green or Bruce Smith, but they didn't like the way Marty was running practices. They didn't like the physicality of the practices. They didn't like the length of the practices. There was just so many things that they didn't like. I wonder how many players on the team didn't like how Flores was running things. I, I, I start to wonder – was was these were these people that maybe didn't really like how uh, Flores handled things? Were they players? Was it not just you know we we so quickly go into oh you didn't get along with your employer the, the employer this I heard we you know we heard the sound bites from Gottlieb and in terms of getting along with your your employer and stuff like that. Sometimes it's not always the front office that is the catalyst as to why a coach isn't wanted or a coach loses his job and this is funny because this is another guy that's from from the Belichick coaching tree and and we always have the conversations of how dominant and how pronounced the identities of these coaches are that come from the Belichick coaching tree and it's always seemingly abrasive you know, and and so to me, it's interesting because for as good of the as great a job as I watched and experienced Marty with a team that needed to have a tremendous culture shift, and we ended up having it. Missed the playoffs about one game. We started off zero and five. We ran off five straight. We ended up being at eight and eight um, at five hundred that year, and was seemingly going in the right direction with a cultural change, with a change of mindset and the type of guys that they were going to bring in. Then they fired him. 
They fired him after one season. And and I, being in, as close as I was to the ownership back in, in at the time, it was basically like nobody felt comfortable doing Oh, I don't say nobody, but the, the people that were closest to the ownership, they did not enjoy the season the way that it was ran, the way that it was handled. And one thing about the pros that you have to understand that we saw play out in Jacksonville this year is that you have to understand the politics. It's like all those shows in Rome that you watch when you see the Senate and all those different things and everybody starts pushing their own agendas and this and that and they start – creating rumors or or telling this or leaking this out or making it making it seem something that it may not be that's really big and that's really pronounced in in the national football league and guys who get it they have a better opportunity of navigating guys that don't get it you run the risk and you run the chance of having success but still not getting, you know, getting the results that you may have thought that you were going to get in the end. And that seems to be what happened here with Flores. Yeah, we're going to have more on, obviously, uh, the Dolphins situation and the other uh, coaching uh, firings and decisions made uh, front office-wise around the NFL uh, later in the show as well. Uh, it's two pros and a cup of joe here. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. Coming up next, somebody was so happy and so grateful for what happened on Sunday that they started throwing down some coin in the NFL. We'll get into all that for you right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Uh, coming up top of next hour, a little over 10 minutes from now, we are going to have uh, a discussion about attractive openings in the NFL. There could be a surprise uh, from one member of the crew here. We'll get to that here, top of next hour on FSR. By the way, I want to let you know we are brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Sometimes you can't get to everything in the world of sports or entertainment. Good thing the guys are here to bring you in case you missed it. And for that, we turn it over to our executive producer, Lee DeLapp, to find out what the hell's going on. Lee, you guys, Steelers. DeLapp. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Nope, I'm not going <laughs> to do that? it. Nope. Yeah. Can't I think roll, you killed it. Can't roll my R's like, or D's. How about that? Bury that. <laughs> Put dirt on it. Six feet deep. What you got, Lee? You guys, in case you missed it, Steelers fans are taking a page out of the Bills Mafia pay, uh, book. They are donating to Daniel Carlson's charities after his 47-yard field goal to put the Raiders up over the Chargers, yes. specifically in the amounts of $35.32 wow. in honor of the score. Wow. Throwing shade. Wow. I mean, shouldn't they that donate to uh, you know somebody's charity on the Chargers defense that couldn't tackle Jacobs? 
I mean, Ooh. shouldn't that, uh, when they want to throw that there, you know, throw a little coin there. I mean, if Shots we're going to do it, let's fired. do it. Let's throw it in the proper place here, I think, at least, you know. By the way, all, the, all they're doing is setting Carlson up for failure in the postseason. This is like when Gary Anderson went perfect on field goals for the Vikings back in 98, and then they got to the NFC title game, and he crapped his pants, and then, like, his wife left him in the offseason. That's a true story, by the way. I'm Jeez. not making that up. That's not trying to be harsh here. That's he really a, crapped that's a true pants? story. No, he didn't crap his pants, but he missed a kick, and, uh, and they ended up losing to the Falcons. Uh, so it just feels like Carlson's being set up for failure here. And you heard it here first, and if it didn't happen, I I never said it. Oh, wow. It was an accident. Yeah, that's all. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. What all else right. we got, Lee? Okay. You guys, uh, Antonio Brown, in case you missed it, he's uh, no longer with the Bucks, but he is networking in West Hollywood. Last seen last night with Kanye West at a famous wow. spot called Craig's. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Sounds tweet, famous. Tweet, <laughs> tweeting out yay plus AB equals SB hashtag call God. <laughs> Man. Is he sure doesn't mean BS? I'm telling you. <laughs> there's a there's an agenda. He had an agenda from day one. So to to try to 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 smoke screen it with all this other stuff is is silly. Let's be real, there, dude. This is gonna go to the Kardashian route. It's gonna go to the Kardashian route. There'll be a sex tape. I mean, that, that, that's the only between, way this thing goes, right? Between him, uh, ah! him, I don't mean. What are we talking about with him and? Uh, I don't know no. him and anyone. Oh, okay. This should be a sex tape. That no. could be multiple. I don't know. Thought you were alluding to Kanye. You want to say Kanye yeah, West? Like, like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not, not making that. I'm just saying. I knew like, that's how your your mind works. No, I'm just saying. I want to be clear on this. I mean, I knew what you meant, Brady. Jonas is the one that has weirdo hey, tendencies. I just want to be. I just want to be. I knew that's where your mind went. I was still trying to get over that eclipse that Brady sent. I was trying to to get past big gremlins. You know what I mean? Over shots out to the big. The big gremlins in uh, West Hollywood. What do you think the conversation's like between Antonio Brown and Kanye West? Like, what do you think that's like? I mean, what do they hope uh, someone all can about speak how some... they've been taken advantage of? Yeah, well, that's what I would say. I, I, mean, I do hope someone can speak some truth into his life because, like, you know, one of the things listening to the Bob Menery podcast, like some things that Antonio Brown says are actually truthful and real. I mean, I would say this, like, look, football's the ultimate team sport. And we can glorify or highlight whatever player we want, quarterbacks in particular, but you are relying on someone else to help you do your job. There's no doubt about it. But don't also in that same breath take away from a dude who's helped elevate the play of everyone around him, who gave him a second chance. Like, Antonio Brown wouldn't have made it to the Bucks and won a Super Bowl had he not been with Tom. Yet he's the one who he wants to stab in the back once he leaves? He's also been pretty fortunate that he's had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks to throw to him. I mean, no and, doubt. and he won't want to acknowledge that, but that's those are the facts. I mean, there's not a, a lot of wide receivers that can say they've had two first ballot surefire Hall of Famers that have thrown on the football. And, and so for him to bitch and moan afterwards is like, come on, dude. Seriously. Yeah. I'm with you. What else we got, Lee? You guys, Mookie Betts has won a World Series <laughs> we got? in both Boston and Los Angeles, and now he has bowled a perfect game in both Boston and Los Angeles, posting on social media, call me Mr. 300. He had bowled a perfect game last night. He's really good, man. He's a really good bowler. I mean, 
I've oh, ever right. rolled a three hundred. Oh, well, no, I just, I mean, come on, I mean, you know, I've, uh, you know, bowling. I mean, you're, you're you not, want this one? Is this like you? I didn't even know it was coming. I don't know what you're talking about. I just, you know, I mean, but since we're on the topic, I did bowl a two ninety one once. You know, just want to point that out oh, there. Wow. You know, Take eight, that for it, that. Yeah, eight in a spare and then eleven straight strikes. It's really good. But again, I didn't know that story was That's coming really up. Good. But I'm, you know, since we're on the topic, I wanted to throw that out there, Brady. You know, oh. just want to just want to be clear here. Right. You know. I'm just saying, like, I don't know why. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.